When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor at How Stuff Works. I'm here, as always, with Ben. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Scott? Also doing well, thank you. And uh, you know what? I've got a, a question for you. Actually, you, you brought this up, and you had mentioned that you had seen a, a program, and I think it was a, a Jay Leno's Garage-type program, right? Yes, yep. Where he had created his own car parts. Yes, he had created his own car parts in a very unbelievable science fiction type manner. Uh, basically, here's what he did. And I understand if you don't believe me, but I have some facts and figures to back this up. Mm-hmm. So amidst all of his other talents in the entertainment industry, uh, Jay Leno is sort of a renaissance man, especially when it comes to automobiles. Yes. And, you know, most car enthusiasts like you and I know that this guy has these just great cherry rides. Yes, and, unbelievable collection. Mm-hmm, and well-maintained. Yes. But some of them are so uh, so antiquated and, and, and such old uh, vehicles that there are no parts made for them, you know, no matter mm-hmm. how much money and how much time you have. And so he has a system whereby he can scan a part or a place where a part should be, take that information and have it printed out, uh, a built, fabricated is the correct word. Yeah. Uh, in three dimensions. So not just a, uh, not just a paper rendering or a design of a, let's see, a feed water heater, which is how he started with this, but a piece that is, uh, three dimensions, three dimensional, accurate enough that you can make a metal cast off of it and create a usable part. So the part that he made wasn't metal. It was something else, right? Right. The, okay. Yes. Was it plastic or what was it? It it was a kind of plastic. A plastic. Okay. I think I know what this is. What is it? Rapid prototyping. He, he had a 3D printer Mm -hmm. or a, um, it could be a stereolithography machine. Um, there's, there's a bunch of different types of this that, that, um, Possibilities, I guess. I'm not sure what type it was. I didn't see the program, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's it's possible to take a computer program and print a three dimensional design. Either in uh, you can do it in plastic, you know, some kind of uh, you know composite material, mm-hmm. um, resin, 
uh, which really, I guess, is kind of like hardened plastic, really. Sure. Uh, someone's going to argue that, but <laughs> and uh, or you can do paper, you can do wood, you can do um, wood's a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do metal, which is crazy. You should be able to. You can print metal. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah, these are pretty. It's pretty unique, but. Um, it's becoming less and less unique, I should say, because um, the, the technology is becoming more and more, um, I guess, available, which well, is really cool. It's, a, it's an interesting technology, mm-hmm. and it, I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's saving a lot of time in certain circumstances. But, okay, one question. I, I know you pretty much <laughs> explained it, and I'm sorry if I have to go back to this. That's okay. I haven't really explained anything yet. Uh, well, pardon, pardon, my, pardon my French, Scott. <laughs> sure. But what the hell is this if not magic? This is it this is amazing. Really is. It is magic. It, it really it's is magic, to be able to print. Actual. Yeah, to be able to print <laughs> to print to 3D. Now I've watched I've watched a lot of videos of this and I've seen mm. I've seen this in action really. Um when I worked at Chrysler. Oh yeah? Yeah, I did. I I've, I've I've seen engine parts being created uh with an SLA process which is the the hardening of resin. Is that and like it, layers? It's layers. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about how okay. it's it's made but I've actually seen the parts operated on a work on used on a working engine. So you've got a, a hardened resin material. It depends on what the part is. You can't okay. do this with every part. Right. Um, depends on what's flowing through there and, you know, the heat involved, et cetera, you know, the part. Um, but I have seen, um, these, these rapid prototype pieces actually being run on a, on a working engine. Um, it's, it's incredible. And so weird. Later we'll talk about, you know, some of the, the benefits of this and who's using it. And, uh, it, it'll make perfect sense to you who's using it right now. Um, n- there are a lot of people using it. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that, you know, this is the only people that are, they're interested in this or mm-hmm. using it. But, uh, there's one in particular application that applies to what we usually speak about here, uh, that will make perfect sense to you when we get to it. Okay. Okay. And don't let me forget it, but it's it's in my notes. I'll remember. I won't. Our <laughs> listeners, you can't see this, but I'm making this very specific hand motion. So, Scott, if we've forgotten it before then, I'll make that hand motion. Oh, that's all right. I guess we should talk about uh, basically how this whole thing works because we're we're describing something that, you know, it's, it's tough to understand really just, just listening to you and I sure. talk. Probably best is, as in a lot of cases for – listeners to you know find a website take a look at this mm-hmm. this in action you know youtube has a lot of videos of this yeah um and it's not just you know i mentioned sla it's not just that um there's several different types of this and there's you can search for rapid prototyping um it's, it's called stereolithography which is sla selective laser centering which is sls uh there's fused deposition modeling which is fdm there's paper lamination technology which is a little different like i said mm-hmm. but um still same same effect um, there's laminated object technology. There's three-dimensional plotting, which I'm not convinced that that's what we're talking about, but um, is in a list of of, of rapid prototyping. Um, then there's digital light processing, which is DLP, and patternless casting molding. Um, there's also inkjet technology, which is used to create steel parts. You can you can use an inkjet printer to create steel parts. They're very small, um, and it's not your normal inkjet printer, of course, okay. but it's inkjet technology applied to powdered metal and the powdered metal is printed in this three-dimensional form and you can actually build three-dimensional pieces and the, the, the pieces that I saw were um, chess pieces and they're very very tiny I mean they use the uh, the tip of a pen mm-hmm. in the foreground to show you uh, the, the scale of these pieces wow. and they're very detailed they're very, extremely detailed um, and they, they look like normal sized chess pieces but they're very small um, you know a couple of millimeters in height really and I don't know if they do that just for 
quickness, you know, to get the, mm-hmm. uh, the design, uh, to make sure that's, that's accurate, or if, uh, if that was really going to be the size of the parts, I'm not sure. Or tiny, uh, chess competitions. <laughs> Oh yeah, did I knock that one out? No, <laughs> you got that one. That's good. I don't know much I about stunning. chess. Yeah, that's tiny chess games. Yeah, 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 yeah that's because that's, right, yeah. that's what we cover on yeah. here is automobiles yeah. and tiny, tiny chess games. Tiny chess players. But okay, I've I've got something. If you want, um, I can break down uh, very briefly uh, how Mr. Leno himself uh, has how his system works. I would love to hear that. Want to hear that? Yes. Okay, so he has. Uh, th- he has two uh, items that he uses that are uh, chi- the chief members of his process here. Uh, first, he has a 3D scanner, uh, which the brand name is Next Engine. And this scanner is able to generate a 3D image of the part without having to, um, you know, normally if you want to use a 3D printer, you go into uh, AutoCAD or an engineering program mm-hmm. and you build Some kind it. of 3D modeling program. Yes, exactly. Okay. So with this, and because he's working with vehicles that usually have the part already, if it, it's just broken, mm-hmm. um, he just scans that on every single angle. And then he inputs this information into his uh, Dimension 3D printer. And then over, I think, a period of three hours, it builds the part. And the part that it builds actually is, uh, as we said, it, it's printed from a plastic. So... It's not quite done. The third and final step is they use this plastic fabricated part as a mold to cast the actual metal part. Um, he first started using this with a uh, 1907 um, white steamer, I believe is the name of the vehicle. And uh, as we said before, it had this certain heater that you couldn't get anywhere, um, mm-hmm. no matter no matter who you were. And uh, so... Instead, they fabricated this part and they made a brand spanking new one. And now he is an owner, a proud owner of one of the, you know, sad to say, a few working steamers around. He's um, got a few steam cars, I know. So this yeah. this thing could come in handy. And obviously, it's not just for steam cars, but no. Good luck trying to find parts for a, what do you say, a 1907 yeah. Uh, yeah. steamer vehicle, white steamer. Mm-hmm. Good luck. So, um, but it, but it works. This this particular system that you're talking about works well for scanning parts that are there but broken. Right. If he has parts that are downright missing, mm-hmm. he would have to have somebody design that part, which could which could then be fabricated using the same system. Right. He could have somebody design the part to the right specs, and then build that part, and then and then cast and form that part, which uh, which would then be able to be used as well. So there's yeah. another way around this. Sure, there's a workaround. If, if there's a missing piece, he could still create a piece, and this can be done with um, even panel body panels. It depends on the size of machine that you have. Um, mm-hmm. If you have a, a machine that's not very very large, um, you know, this is a good time for me to mention this. Okay. Um, we're talking about some pretty high-end machinery here. This is expensive mm-hmm. stuff, uh, no matter what type you're talking about. I'm sure that the, the prices vary greatly uh, between the, the types of machines, but you know, the, maybe I'm guessing the paper lamination machine mm-hmm. is probably not as expensive as the uh, um, the metal laser sintering machine, mm-hmm. um, because you're talking about metal versus paper, and I, I sure. just don't know. I'm not. I'm totally guessing. But. I've got a. I've got actually a couple numbers real quick. Um, oh yeah, please. Yeah. Do. Now this is. This now, regular listeners and and you, my podcast partner, uh, know that I am a cheap person. Mm-hmm. I've dealt with that, and you stuck with me through <laughs> it, and I appreciate that. So naturally, one of the first things I did was look to see what the what the bottom line was for for this hardware. Um, the the printer you can get 
new, you can get a, a smaller version of this of this printer new uh, for just under fifteen grand. That's not counting, of course, the scanner, which is uh, just under three thousand. They say two nine nine five, so it looks like less. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's still, and that's that's plastic. So I guess we could assume that's the middle ground. You know, hopefully, paper would be a, a bit uh, more, a bit less expensive, and we could assume metal would be a bit pricier. Okay, all right. I'm I'm uh, holding a piece of paper and I'm probably smirking if you can tell. Me. You have a bit of a you look a bit smug. <laughs> I found I found another printer, a 3D printer. Yes, and this is the uh, the restriction on this one though is that this is a desktop 3D printer though. And how oh, cool would that be? Have that's a 3D awesome. de- 3D desktop printer. Yeah. Um it's it's relatively small, but you got to remember what you're getting here, okay? You got to remember that you're able to print to 3D if, and if this size application fits your needs then Oh, you're in luck. Mm-hmm. Um, it it has a build volume. Now, the build volume is what's important here, I guess. Um, it tells you that the, the size of the object that you can build, the maximum size. Oh, I see. And the maximum size of this uh, this particular 3D printer that I'm going to mention here is five by five by five, so five inches wide, mm-hmm. you know, depth and height. Okay. And that's uh, not terribly big, but you got to remember if, if it's to sit on your desk, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, you're not talking about a big shop item where you're going to be making door panels or something like that, <laughs> right. or an you know an engine block. Um, the entire printer size is only it's only 25 by 20 by 20 is the size of the machine. Wow! So it's kind of like I guess if you had maybe a microwave. Yeah, that's about, about that, that size. About a microwave. Yeah, something like that. So you can make these five by five by five pieces inside this uh, microwave size item that could sit on your desk, and it makes it out of composite plastic. And of course, they're durable parts. They're sandable. They're they're paintable, uh, which most of these that we're talking about are. You can you can sand them and paint them and use them for display object objects. Um, there's no in, there's no need to uh, infiltrate the items, which you know you like you need to to uh, use on several of them. Again, they make uh, sort of fragile parts. You know, the parts are uh, heated and uh, the material. It's like a powder material. It's right. layered. And then they have to be infiltrated with uh, like a, maybe a glue or a, a plastic polymer of some kind uh, to make them sturdy. Um, with this particular item, you don't have to do that. Uh, this printer, the price, get this, less than five thousand dollars. What? Yeah. Oh man, less than five thousand dollars. Now remember, you're five by five by five. So if that fits your needs, less than five thousand dollars could have a you know desktop 3D printer for you. That's that's a that's a crazy deal. It, that's awesome. Pretty amazing. And and when you think about it, if that does meet your needs, or if you're trying to mm-hmm. satisfy client needs um, with that, it can be very very valuable. Because um, I mean, I, I can't imagine the difference between being able to hold a prototype part in your hand versus a printout of something. You know, a printout of your part before oh. you're ever able to produce it. Yeah. Um, or just looking at a model on a on a computer screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to, to hold that part in your hand and see how it, you know, has how it works and measure it and, and, uh, I don't know, just get the feel for the part. I think that's, uh, that's extremely valuable. Yeah. And who, when we say this is useful, uh, obviously the applications go beyond just the world of, of automobile, mm-hmm. uh, enthusiasts, right? So oh, who else could use this? Yeah. There's a lot of different uses. Um, there's, well, see, of course, we're talking about automobile manufacturing, Definitely. which is one. It's number one on my list, of course, but mm-hmm. um, 
engine parts, pistons, bearings, you know, whatever, whatever you need to make, intake manifolds, exhaust manifolds, whatever, entire engine blocks. I've seen engine blocks done in this before, where um, all the cooling jackets and everything are in place. They can they can test it for flow if they wanted to. They That's could, crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. Is that really the is. What, not to interrupt uh, with too much of a change, <laughs> but remember how you were telling me? I don't know if we were on air, but you were mentioning to me one time the friend of yours who works on fabricating uh classic auto parts. Oh, um he was he was a locator. Okay. He he located parts. So he was uh he was calling everywhere and you know online mm-hmm. and you know just just trying to find the parts, um getting having them shipped to him mm-hmm. and then refurbishing them. Their factory however did uh create metal parts and I don't know if they used a system like this or not, but I know that they were uh casting or pouring um, you know, engine cylinder heads and things like that. But um, I have no idea if they were doing it this way or if they were doing it, you know, kind of the old-fashioned way, making a sand cast. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I, I'm just not exactly sure. I couldn't say if okay. positive. But um, that's a good, good call back there. Um, <laughs> you get a good memory. So um, another, another, well, there's a few other applications of this, and there's probably hundreds of others. I'll just mention a few. But um, inventors, of course, you know, the desktop Item that we just yeah talked about, good call desktop printer yeah they might be able to use something like this because it's a way to make relatively cheap um, and fast parts. I mean, it mm-hmm. may take hours or days to to build this part. It only take uh, only took a couple of minutes and mm-hmm. or hours maybe in in the case that you saw. But um, depending on the size of the part, uh, it could be could take a couple of days uh, because you're talking about uh, layers or slices of these of these items that are that are. Sometimes thousands of an inch thick. So if you're mm-hmm. making a large item, you can imagine that you know a thousand layers or more, seven thousand layers right. per inch. Uh, it'd take a long time to build that up. Definitely. Um, another application is, of course, toys. I've seen a lot of those being made. Um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of toys are made that way. Uh, the chess pieces that we mentioned earlier. And here um, we are without our own line of uh, a Scott, Ben, and Jerry action figures. Yeah, you know what? That's the thing. You could you could easily make that. <laughs> You could easily do that, and and that's that's what's incredible about this is that, you know, things like that are possible now. Yeah. Um, and I guess sort of within reach if you're talking about you know mm-hmm. relatively low dollar amounts. Um, I know they're still expensive, but well, in compared to what they were, yeah, to the typical overhead. Sure. Yeah, that's right. And uh, let's see, there are jewelry jewelry applications. Um, you could you know. Custom make these uh, these fittings, and I don't know if they would use it the same way to make a mold, kind of what you're talking about, the, to then cast metal, or they could uh, actually okay. make metal jewelry. They could, uh, yeah. yeah, which is pretty amazing. Just have it uh, appear in yeah. this machine. Um, the next, this is really cool. Okay, I, I got kind of hooked on this yesterday. I was looking at artwork. You can make sculptures, metal sculptures, and a lot of these, um, as it turns out, are really complex mathematical designs. And they're making them out of metal or plastic, but me- the metal ones are really cool. And they're, they're about 500 bucks each and they're pretty big, but they are works of art. They're really, really interesting designs and these just fantastic, um, um, geometric designs that, you know, you can use, you can display them as, you know, fine art in your house, really. They're sculptures. You can, you can, uh, light them different way, various ways, put them on shelves mm-hmm. as knickknacks, whatever you want to do, but they're really interesting to look at. I'd, I'd say, Give that a shot if you get a that's, chance. That's incredible, man. If we can just get a hold of one of these metal fabricators, mm-hmm. then uh, we can go full-time into the art business. <laughs> that's right. We could, I guess. I mean, as long as you can keep coming up with these uh, you know, fantastic mathematical – now, when I say that, it doesn't sound all that exciting, right? Uh, just mathematical shapes. But 
I tell you, when you see them, you've never seen anything like these shapes. They're they're unbelievable. Take a look at them. I think yeah, maybe a good example because I completely agree. If you haven't seen them, there's a, it's very difficult to describe. Mm-hmm. But maybe one of the ones we're talking about here is the Mobius strip. Uh, there are sculptures of that, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, I, you know what? That's actually one I have seen. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. They're really really cool. And the thing is that they're designs that were previously unable to be made in the way that they're made. These are single pieces. They're 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 one continuous piece of metal, and you know because it's been fused together. Now I should say that they're 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 layered. Sure. However, they become they're fused into one continuous piece of metal. So you don't have seams or you don't have you know, pouring, uh, mm-hmm. casting, um, edges, I guess. There's no seams. Um, they're, they're designs and shapes that were, you know, like I said, they're, they were previously impossible because you couldn't get a tool or, or, um, um, something in the, in there to cut that design or that shape out uh, of a single block of material. Yeah. And, uh, that, when you think about that in car design, that makes this whole world of possibilities uh, open up um, because, you know, then you're able to go for strict, uh, strictly function mm-hmm. and maybe the form doesn't have to match what it did in the past. It can be something completely unique. Oh, man. And so there's, nice. Yeah, if you, really, if you really, really sit down to think about it, some of the things, some of the reasons that th- reasons that parts are designed the way they are is because of the tooling or the way that they had to make the part. Now, hmm. if you can make that part in a different way, that opens up a whole new world. I did not even think about that. Yeah. What a good point. No, it's possible. I've seen, I mean, this is really cool. And we're, again, we're getting off track here. There's one more that I want to mention, but, um, I've seen a lot of people making bearings with this. And what's fascinating about that is that you're talking about a captured bearing inside of a uh, housing, a bearing mm-hmm. shell. And then when you're done with this, um, if it's the powder design, which, you know, then hardens the powder, you're able to kind of break those free and you can actually make a, a working spinning bearing that, that actually you can, you can turn in your hand, take it right out of the printer and operate this thing. Weird. Yeah. It's really cool. And if you could do that and you can do that with metal, mm-hmm. uh, some of these require a light acid bath to uh, dissolve some of the, uh, the material that's used as like a, a bracing material or mm-hmm. a, um, um, I guess a, uh, I don't know what I want to say here, like a, like a, a material that's used to prop something up, um, well, it's being made. It doesn't. It's just part of a support structure. Oh yeah, you can see that sometimes because uh, there's a tray that people pull out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that people pull out some of these fabricated materials from. Yeah, that sentence almost confused <laughs> that's, me. That's all right. And so they have to crack it off, and then yes. there's a, a cleaning process. Yeah, that's right. And that's the support structure you're seeing. So they can't. It can't like completely flat on the uh, on the table when you make it. Right. Uh, they have to prop it up. You know, it looks almost like a lattice work. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's easily dissolved or cut away. Um, yeah. So that, that's part of a lot of these designs, but um, that's really relatively minor. What, what's our what's our last? The user? last one, and this one's really cool: biomedical devices. Um, so in the medical profession, let's say that you need a uh, a new hip. Mm-hmm. Um, they are able to make an MRI scan or a CT scan and exactly match your bone structure. Uh, they can they can make a model of your hip. And then build a piece to fit that exactly. Um, or, um, I've also seen this used for facial reconstruction. So they can make unbelievable models. Um, you know, let's say, you, you know, I've, I've seen this before. You're missing part of a cheek or mm-hmm. an eye socket or something like that. They can reconstruct that material, uh, with whatever, you know, the, the safe material that they use inside your body. I'm not sure what that is exactly. If it's, you know, if it's metal or what it is. Right. Uh, but these, these are precise 
biomedical models that can be used to build uh, you know quality parts. Accurate, extremely accurate. And and custom. They can, you know, with these scans mm-hmm. using in combination with an MRI scan or a CT scan or I don't know if there are other ones or not, but um precise medical models and that's really important. And not only that, they can use it for surgery planning. So let's say they um um I don't know the structure around let's say your your skull. Sure. They could make a model of just your skull, Ben, and figure out what the best approach is to get to a tumor or, um, you know, a growth or whatever happens to be there. That's mind blowing. It is. It's unbelievable. And that, that, I mean, that could seriously save some lives. What, what would you say are some of the advantages or drawbacks of these fabricators just as it pertains to autos? As it pertains to autos? I I thought about this and the advantages and the drawbacks. Um, cost is an advantage right now. Because yeah. it's uh, it's cheap. It's a relatively cheap way to try try a new part on a vehicle, and um, we'll see how it fits, see how it looks, see how it you know it reacts. I guess mm-hmm. um, drawbacks. Um, I don't I don't know if there are any drawbacks. Uh, maybe boy, I guess for the general public, I mean maybe cost at this point because sure. I don't have five thousand dollars for a printer right now to build yeah. something like this, but I don't even know if I'd call that a drawback because five thousand dollars that's that's unbelievable when you think about what you can do with this thing. Right. Well, what do you yeah. think a drawback might be? I, I I don't know if you do know or not, but um I've got one. It's oh, a good. it's a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Come come with me here and, and see <laughs> see if we see if we can figure this out. Um one thing that I noticed, there, there's a bit of a division among, uh, car collectors, especially very sophisticated collectors, um, you know, celebrities or, or people who have a lot of money invested in this. Um, some car collectors want their vehicles to be completely original, mm-hmm. completely vintage. And as we move forward, cause I think this technology will probably, uh, continue to proliferate. The price points will probably go down. I mean, who knows? The desktop version now is five thousand dollars. How much before it's uh, three thousand or even twenty five hundred? And oh, a lot of people get twenty five hundred and a, and a bigger uh, yeah, build and, capability. Sure, and more bang for your buck. Yeah, and then at that point, uh, as it becomes uh, easier and easier to fabricate vehicles and and you know to take uh, to build a brand new Model A or something, you know the Collectors and the curators of American auto history or world auto history are going to have a tougher and tougher time trying to figure out how to find the original pieces Hmm. after uh, a certain number of the new pieces come out, especially since the people making these new pieces are doing their level best to make them indistinguishable. Mm. You're talking about actual metal fabrication and uh, using the materials that were originally used. Uh, right for that vehicle. I understand. Right. Yeah, yeah, that may be may be a uh, future concern. You're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be a long time from now, and sure. you have to be. Yeah, yeah I think uh, you know if people are making exact replicas of cars. That's <laughs> that's a, that's a big project, but I think it's. Uh, well, why not? Why isn't it possible? Well, let me level with you here, Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried really hard to find a drawback. <laughs> that was the best yeah, the, I could come up. There with. There aren't many, and you know, one thing I, I know we're kind of wrapping up here. There's yeah. one more thing that I need to. to I had me. mentioned that there's one kind of big thing that uh, was uh, I, I wanted to talk about here at the end. Yeah, yeah. Formula One is using this in the wind tunnel, and here's why this is important: because they're able to make 
aerodynamic changes in the wind tunnel within a matter of hours now to the to the bodies of the cars to gain speed and uh, you know downforce or or lift or whatever they need at the moment. This is unbelievable to watch this in action because they're within hours they can make new body panels to actually try on the vehicle in the wind tunnel based on the uh, the data that they're receiving from that testing that day. So maybe it's overnight, you know, maybe they have to mm-hmm. run a part overnight, depending on the size of this part. But they have these large SLA, which is the stereolithography um, type of uh, device. We, had, we didn't really talk about that one, but um, that's the one that's resin, uh, okay. the resin material. And it's cured with a laser, and uh, it's got this big bath of material. It's really cool. Um, but they use, they use stereolithography, and for them to be able to, to do that so quickly, um, every team – Really should have this. I don't know if every team does or not, but, uh, you know, to keep a level playing field, I suppose. Yeah. Cause, uh, I was watching the BMW team, uh, use theirs, not in person, just online, you know, seeing what they had. And, uh, wish I could see it in person. One um, day. You know, maybe someday. But they, um, it, it was just remarkable how, how quickly they're able to adapt to what they need. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really, really cool. It's, it's just, a, I think it's a really interesting, um, application of this technology and, I'm, I'm sure that other racing teams are doing this. I know that Formula One, of course, they got a pile of money. Right. Um, that's probably why they've got it right now. And I'm, I would guess that other racing teams do this as well, um, not only with aerodynamic pieces, but um, engine parts as well. I mean, yeah. every, every little bit counts. Yes, I, I completely agree. And we don't know where the future of this technology could end because they could use it in car accidents. Or, you know, if you own one of these printers in the future when you can print out a new uh, taillight casing. Or oh, something. I see. Okay, when you said you could use it in car accidents. No, no, not to cause them. Jeez, what kind of... <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, okay, so I see what you're saying. You can yeah. fix, your, fix your own car. Yeah. Really, but print your own parts. And that's just, you know, I just made that up I now, think so. I think speed may be the future of this technology because right now with, uh, with the time it takes, it does take a long time. But, uh, well, when you look at it relatively, maybe not, because you're, you're creating something brand new. But speed, if they could speed this up so that uh, you can make, I guess, bigger, faster yeah. parts, um, that sounds really cool to me. Yeah, who knows? You know what, Scott? I, I guess that's all the time we have for today, but I've got to tell you, I'm excited about this. We might even have to come back to this topic uh, as it develops um, but to our listeners out there, you guys, uh, we hope that you found this as fascinating as we do. If you have any questions about the future of uh, anything automotive, please feel free to send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 
With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.